very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is, and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are down, as players, we got to execute. Every day, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this team. This is 49ers Plus Minus. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here. 49ers Plus Minus, an NFC Championship game week uh, preview, whatever the hell we're going to do here. Uh, talking to, as always, my co-host, that would be Matt Barros. Barros, so we are recording this on Monday like afternoon. Kyle Shanahan just did his conference call, of which I got talked over three times, Barros. I didn't get a question in, so... Uh, we can mark that down as Kawakami got nudged aside by the real professionals. Uh, but obviously, Debo Samuel injury updates the number one thing as people want to hear about uh, what did Shanahan say and how did you read that? Yeah, the big takeaway is that it's not a fractured shoulder, which is what he was dealing with in, in week six. And, and Shanahan had sort of hinted towards that at the end of uh, Saturday's game where he said it was similar to week six. But only similar in that he suffered a shoulder injury. He tried to come back and he wasn't able to. It's not the same injury, which is good news, which means that it's not a you know month-long injury like the fractured shoulder was. Uh, we don't know exactly what it is, but there's a chance that he can play on Sunday. Uh, we're going to find out more on, I think, Wednesday and probably Thursday is going to be the bewitching day for that uh, as far as uh, whether he can practice or not. And that's a big deal because uh, we saw uh, on Saturday that, you know, not, not having Debo Samuel is one thing. Losing Debo Samuel early in a game is even worse because all the play calls are sort mm-hmm. of geared around Samuel. And so it's not just a matter of one guy coming in and being Debo Samuel. It affects all the play calls. That's why, kind of crucially, uh, we saw Jawan Jennings, of all people, uh, lined up in the backfield the first time that's ever happened in his career and and not only that but getting a carry that went for minus one yard so uh the you know the, the shanahan um lap system where he wants to score at the end of the first half and then score uh with the first possession of the second half both of those things blew up the uh the field goal was blocked and then they start that drive off with a uh, a negative uh, yard gain, and they have to punt. So, um, you know, a lot of sort of mistakes like that. Uh, a, a penalty, offside penalty here, uh, loss of yardage there. It kind of adds up, and it, it starts to explain why they were so out of sync early in that game. Did you fully understand Shanahan's explanation that, like, that wasn't the play call, but what, what was an option out of the play call, and you're not supposed to call Hezzy? Uh I assumed, I just assumed it was like you basically got, you know, Purdy's got two play calls, an initial call and an opt-out call if the defensive front you know, alignment isn't suited to the first play call. So basically, Shanahan did call it, right? It was the second call. Or is it the only option out of the first call? How did you read all that? Hezzy means that it's a run play. Adding Hezzy to the play call, this is all in the huddle. When Purdy says Hezzy, it means that it's a run play. Uh, what should have happened was Shanahan reminding Purdy not to add Hezzy to the end of the play call. You still would have had Juwan Jennings back there in the backfield, but it would have, I mean, that's what I'm assuming, but the ball wouldn't have gone to, to Jennings. It would have been a, a, a play fake to Jennings and then a pass. So it's Jennings uh, so. literally in Debo's spot. So he's got to line up there for the pass play. And then you, 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 you get out of it with Hezzy. 
And he said, Burgundy, would Burgundy be pass plays? I, I, it's like, uh, Kyle was rattling off some terminology. I wasn't. Yeah. That, the, all of that went, I, I, I got confirmation on, on what Hezzy meant, but mm-hmm. you know, e- even so you would think, you know, this is dating from my trip to the locker room last year. They go over the, the script. I mean, it's like a classroom in there, yeah. 10 plays. You got 10 pass plays, you got 10 running plays. So they knew at that point that Debo Samuel wasn't coming back into the game. So it's still an odd play call to make your very first call of the third quarter in this tight game. Oh, and by the way, it's the divisional round playoffs. So, I mean, just sort of that uh, dysfunction, that out of rhythm nature, that that goes all the way to the top here with with Shanahan too, I I would think. I mean, it would just be odd to see Juwan Jennings in the backfield. I mean, the fact that he got the ball was odd, but just the mere fact that he was there – um, I, I don't know. It just kind of uh, underscores to me that this was a discombobulated team at times on Saturday. Yeah, or per- pretty, you know, could remind, hey, by the way, if I go Hezzy, uh, <laughs> is Juwan Jennings here? Not not Debo. I want to remind you that. We might want to give the ball to number 23 instead of number number 15. Uh, if the, you know, listen, I, the way I'm thinking, you don't want to consider a divisional round game like, a, I mean, I'm sorry, an NFC championship game. It's obviously a huge game, but if Debo is not 100%, we've seen Debo not be great when he's hurt, uh, and maybe it's just better to rest him up for the Super Bowl if you can get there. Now maybe you lose the game if you don't have him. Would you make that gamble, or is that too risky to say, let's play it for him to be fully healthy, not for him to play at 60%? I mean, to me, it's it sounds as if um, if he's got a chance to play, he'll play. And that you know, the 49ers aren't going to play him if you know he does damage to the shoulder that would keep him out of the Super Bowl. Um, you know, two weeks before the Super Bowl, you've got to you know put yourself in a position to get there. So I, I think that if it's close, he's going to play. Um, yeah, with the idea that you know a, a two week run up to the Super Bowl game would be enough time to, if not fully heal that shoulder, to get it awfully close. I mean, they are clearly a different offense uh, when they have Debo versus when they don't. We saw it when he was out. Um, don't they just – do they have to figure out how to play without Debo? I mean, that is a pretty large void. I understand that. He does a lot of different things. But you, they still have McCaffrey. They still have Kittle. Are you surprised that, it, you know, it's that much of a factor? They still have Ayuk. They still, you know, have can run behind Trent Williams. Uh, should it be that much of a factor? It shouldn't, given all the the talent that's on that team. My recollection of the period that Debo was out during the regular season, it sort of corresponded. I don't know if Juwan Jennings was was hurt and out, or whether he was sort of fifty fifty. But you know, in one of those games, um, I forget who it, it was. Ray 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 got the uh, got the start, and I remember thinking, why isn't Juwan Jennings hmm. getting the lion's share of the work with Debo out? And, of course, uh, on Saturday, that was the case, and Juwan Jennings came up big time. So I think it all, you know, it, it had to do with uh, Jennings not being 100% at that time as well, and that threw them for a loop. And then, you know, like I said earlier, um, having Debo go out mid-game, I think, is a is a big deal because uh, that really kind of uh, changes everything for you. Debo would have been a huge asset to Purdy on Saturday. I mean – uh, Packers playing that soft uh, coverage, uh, the rain. Uh, you could definitely see a scenario where Debo is getting fed a lot of 
uh, sort of week three New York Giants style passes, you know, real quick ones where it's up to Debo to kind of bust his way through that secondary. And uh, I think they would have been uh, just fine doing that. Talking whether there's one difference between Jennings being out there and Ray Ray McLeod or uh, maybe not Conley, my guy Conley, as we know, but we got to talk about your guy Conley. Yeah, we will. We will. But well, the first, let's talk about Juwan. Purdy clearly has confidence. So he throws those, you know, he doesn't throw those really tough kind of, you know, narrow window balls to everybody. And he throws them. He threw a couple to Jennings. That one on the second to last series uh, was humongous. I don't, they don't end up scoring on it on that drive, but it was a, I think it was a third down play. It goes up and he gets it. It's over the linebacker in front of the safety. He doesn't throw those to say like, uh, you know, we can think of some other receivers. He throws them to Ayuk. He throws them to Debo. He throws them to Jawan Jennings. Um, go up and get it. And yeah, he's uh, Jennings is a better receiver than I thought he was going to be. I, I always joke that he's the, you know, another tight end out there lead blocking on the run, but uh, the guy makes plays, and he without him, I don't know that they win. I don't know that they win on Saturday. There's a lot of guys you could say that, but he was like their best offense. Well, Kittle was their best offensive player, but Jawan Jennings going up and getting some of those balls was fantastic. But my guy Conley, who have I been campaigning for since freaking training camp? That he just looks like a professional receiver. Now he's older; he's not a young guy at all. He's 30 years old, but. He just looks like a professional receiver to me. I mean, I, I can understand why Purdy would have confidence. That was his first catch from Purdy of the season, by the way. That's right. Second, That's true. His second <laughs> catch of the second catch of the season overall because he caught one from Darnold in in the Week 18 game, but. I, I just like I think he looks like a professional receiver. I think he beha- and that's what you heard from some of the other guys. Like he's a professional. He works hard. He blocks like what you have to do in a Shanahan system. I just like him. I just think he physically has that look of a you know not Ayuk but Ayuk Junior. Somebody who can do the same stuff. Need a seventeen yard gain on the biggest drive of the year. God, who do they go to? My guy, my guy, Chris Conley. Yeah, I thought that was Purdy's best throw. I mean, I thought the one to Juwan Jennings was incredible, but I thought there was some kind of luck element to that as well. That was a tight, tight window. But, um, yeah, Conley has been you – know, to, to Conley's credit, he's been in the league for a long time. He's in his 30s, and um, he's in a role that you see usually go to a, a 23- or 24-year-old, which is, okay, we want you to do special teams – and when you get on the field on offense, we want you to sprint down the field and, and never get the ball. Uh, so he's basically doing usually six or seven, I don't know, 50, 60 yard sprints, kind of clearing out the coverage, things like that. Sort of a thankless job, but he's been up for it. I mean, he, he really has bought into uh, the Shanahan system, the, the 49ers culture, and it, it's taken him all season to sort of get – his uh, his just desserts, but it's it's coming now. Um, you know, during that last drive, there was a lot of Chris Conley. I don't I don't know if he was out there on the field for every snap, uh, but certainly the bulk of those snaps. Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, before the game, they had to make a decision. Okay, which which receivers are we going to have up? Your your other guy, Ronnie Bell, who <laughs> in a very say, different very different way. I should say that Tim has been down on <laughs> Tim has been consistently up on Conley, down on Bell, and Kyle Shanahan heard that. So before the game, they make Ronnie Bell inactive. They make Chris Conley active, and um, they made the right choice. Uh, that that was a big part of their win on Saturday. About time Kyle listens to me. About like who knows receivers no more fake punt, better. Though. 
no fake punt. Uh, they might have could have used it at some point because they were sure sure uh, needing some dynamics. Maybe maybe it'll happen in the next one. Uh, it was oh, by the way Conley with a big block on the McCaffrey long touchdown run. He's like a physical guy. Uh, these are very positive attributes, and he might be in this next game if Debo isn't hundred percent or if Debo's not playing in the game. Chris Conley, man, I mean, like this is somebody to look after. I just in training camp where we get to see them the most. I just thought he did stuff. Uh, in a way that wasn't flashy and maybe Ronnie Bell can make a player too. I'm not d- doubting that, but I just think Chris Conley can get that, that Shanahan, a classic Shanahan, that Trent Sherfield role, you know, that, yeah. you know, that kind of like that flanker, big guy, make a block, get downfield uh, and be there when you need to make the 17 yard catch. Uh, well, they're playing the Lions. We haven't mentioned that uh, Lions with a victory over, Tampa Bay, I thought uh, the Lions' defense looked pretty good. I mean, they gave up some yards, but I thought they they kind of messed around with the with the Tampa offense, getting guys loose on the edge. I was like thinking, hmm, 49ers might need to be keeping some guys in because you can't just throw everybody out and go, you know, not leave a, a running back or a tight end when they're they're taking everybody off the edge. What what struck you after watching the Lions, you know, just yesterday or the, the entire season? What kind of matchup is this for the 49ers? Well, what struck me was that uh, uh, Aaron Jones ran for 108 yards against the 49ers on Saturday, and the Lions like to run the ball um, a lot, and that's going to be the, the challenge for the 49ers. That that was sort of the one thing that, um, uh, you know, the, the 49ers were very impressed by how the Packers had been running the ball, and... Um, so it, it didn't catch them off guard. That was going to be their focus, stopping the run. It, it always is. But I think I think that Aaron Jones really caught their attention, which it, which is why it was such a surprise to me that he had so much success. Uh, because usually when the 49ers kind of focus on one area, they're able to shut that area down. And um, I should note that 53 of those yards came on one play. Uh, it was a pitch to the, the Packers' left. They had a nice play call where they blocked down, got a receiver blocking down on uh, Chase Young, and really just a, a poor play by Logan Ryan, who's the the so-called eraser, the guy who has to make the stop there. Had a shot at uh, Aaron Jones and just didn't, you know, whiffed, basically. Um, and um, Logan Ryan was in the game instead of Jair Brown, and, and that was a surprise. Brown thought he was going to play i wrote a whole story about how brown was going to play <laughs> and the fact that brown didn't play any special teams meant that i mean tells me that this was sort of a last second decision um because you know usually if you're not playing on defense you you play on special teams he didn't play a snap which is yeah. odd for for somebody uh so i mean uh you know it, it would have been six of one half a dozen of the other had jair brown played he, he definitely brings more pop than Logan Ryan does. The, the 49ers like that Logan Ryan is reliable, always in the right spot, but he couldn't make a tackle when, when he needed to. And, um, you know, that's what they were worried about with Jair Brown uh, is that there would be a, a bus somewhere that led to an explosive play by the Packers. And lo and behold, it's the, uh, it's the veteran who, who's the one that commits that error. You think maybe Jair Brown in this game, I mean, you know, if, Shannon saying, I, you know, we didn't feel like he was coming off for two weeks out and he's a rookie. You don't want to just drop him right into the divisional round. Well, you'd be dropping him right in the NFC championship game. Exactly. But, but I think 
you got to play him. I think you got to play him some. I really do. Just more speed. Uh, maybe they fear. Maybe they were worried that Love can get something deep, and that's where you want a more veteran safety. But they could use some speed back there. They really could. And he does run. He, he, that's very noticeable. Sometimes some bad angles, but I think they might want that against. I think he's a better run supporter, and I think he's a little more dynamic. So, um, would you would you say no? They're they're going with the, the veteran Logan Ryan, or maybe see some Jair Brown in there. Yeah, I, I put Jair Brown in. He's just more explosive. There's there's more um, ability for a big play. I mean, to sort of get that momentum going. I mean, Logan Ryan, you don't notice him out there, which is um, that's not an insult to Logan Ryan because that's what you want with a safety, just in the right spot doing the right things. That's what they, they usually get from Tashawn Gibson as well. But um, Jair Brown makes plays too. As you said, he, um, he's got speed. He has some pop with his tackles. He's a, a big interception guy. Uh, so I, I think two changes that we're going to see on Sunday against the Lions is Jair Brown in the starting lineup. And then don't mess around with the kickoffs. Just send <laughs> every one of the kickoffs deep for a touchback. I mean, why – the 49ers decided to uh, change course against the Packers, who've got one of the best kick returners in the league, led the NFL in kick return yards. And they thought that all of a sudden they were going to, uh, you know, shut them down in that department. It, that was just plain hubris to me. And it, and it really, really backfired on them. It's directional. Come on, Matt. It's directional. They drafted him because he can plop it right down on the goal line in the corner. They're not good at kickout coverage. They haven't been good all season, and this time it almost cost them the game because what they go, they score to go up, and then they kick off, and he comes right back, seventy-three yards, sets him up for a touchdown. Yeah, it was uh, it was remarkable. I don't quite know why don't you just take most coaches, whoever's making the decision, just want the guarantee of the ball to twenty-five. You don't care if it's at the 18, whatever. What if you you don't want to risk the fact that it goes all the way back to the house and you're just you're just you know you're you're giving up the touchdown? Um, kick it if Moody can't. And I'm assuming this is intentional. This is not Moody whiffing on him. I think because we've seen him kick it through the end zone many times now. Um, get out of that, absolutely. Uh, what they got on the edge without Cleveland Farrell is uh, was noticeable. I thought. I mean, you know, even if that Chase Young. The, the big run by Jones wasn't Chase Young. I think he could be a bigger presence. He Sometimes it just seems like he's doing that under move when he should be staying outside, hold that edge. Because wide nine, what's the point of the wide nine, uh, Matt Barrows? You're outside. You're, ob- you're already outside. You hold that edge. That's the wide nine. And he's rushing in, ducking his shoulder in, and they're going right around it. Not great. I think Gregory actually might be a better, you know, hold the edge guy. Um could you see more Gregory? Robert Beal got some snaps. I don't think he was terrible. What, what do you think they might be doing there? Or is it just, hey, you know what, Chase, you're talented. And he did get some pressure like on some of those big plays. He was close. They didn't get any sacks, but he was close. Um, they stick with Chase Young? I, I think so. I mean, Gregory hasn't been great in that regard throughout the season. Both of these guys obviously came in midstream, and, and that was Bosa's point is that, um, you know, uh, Farrell stood out because he was the one guy, even including Bosa, who was there from, you know, the beginning of the offseason program and really kind of learning the nuances, the angles, all of that stuff that uh, that the wide nine entails. Um, Chase Young had a had a pretty bad whiff. He, he bit on a play fake, um, went inside, 
early in the game, and it was an outside run to their their Debo guy, Reed. Um, and I think it was a, a nine yard gain, so it wasn't catastrophic. But I mean, those those are the things. I mean, um, you have to be able to read those, and you have to be able to hold that edge. And um, that was uh, that was a bit inconsistent. Um, the question is, do they have a better option? And I, I, I think the answer is no. I, I don't think that they want to be playing Gregory. I don't know. I forget what his snap count was. Twenty-one. I think that's about where they want mm-hmm. Randy Gregory. And whatever Beal's snap count was, it might have been ten. Uh, that's where they want Robert Beal. Uh, so I mean, Chase Young should be able to. He, he should be dominant at at, at all of this. Um, now, whether you can be dominant when you come in on October 31, I, I don't know, but, um, that's, that's going to be a big deal in this game. I mean, the, the lions are going to see that, um, it was obviously something that the, that the Packers keyed in on the lions are going to key in on it. Even more lions have a good veteran offensive line. Uh, we saw their, their center sort of kind of battling through classic, mm-hmm. like black and blue division, type of uh, type of game. Um, so they're going to get after the 49ers. I, I, I will say that I thought that Eric Armstead, I thought that he might, you know, play 20 snaps or something and he might be rusty. His, uh, his effort and his penetration uh, were outstanding in this game. I mean, I think that's one of the, the positive takeaways from uh, Packers 49ers that, that 49ers fans can kind of lean on is that he was good. Uh, after what uh, missing six games, and, and and that was a big question mark. So they've got that going in their favor. Uh, Young should be better. Drake Greenlaw looked like Drake Greenlaw. So there are some defensive positives to take away. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of negatives too, though. I mean, slip sliding, busts in coverage, uh, missed tackles again. So um, it was a uh, it was a bit of a, a sleepy performance by the by the D. One question I was going to fire off, which I got talked over. Um, well, I'll just say that for the final time. I got talked over a lot uh, on this conference call with Shane. I don't, I don't enjoy that, but it's the way life goes. I uh, got to get better at it. I'll improve every week. Uh, probably won't be on anymore. I don't like him. But um, I thought Armstead, but Armstead was good. I mean, he got the pressure on the last interception. Like that was him and then Bosa coming around. But it was initially 91. Uh, and someone asked me, like, could they move him outside? You know, he has played defensive end. And I just don't think so. You don't want to – like, he's good where he is. Don't mess around with that. You need him there. Hargrave is not really a run stopper. That's where I think we've really seen that. He is a pressure up the middle guy, um, kind of moves the pocket. I don't really see him making a ton of plays in the run game. He's active. He's a rush the field guy. Armstead's kind of like hold the spot. Like, he's not moving, and you're coming to him. And they really need that. I, yes, he could probably be a holdy, you know, kind of kind of secure the edge guy, but he's not really a rush off the edge guy. You know, he really wasn't even that when he was playing defensive end. So I don't think you move him out. We, we, would you think they'd look at that at all? Yeah, no. I mean, I totally agree with you that you move him out of D tackle, and all of a sudden you've got a problem at D tackle. Um, you don't have anybody who can step in there. So uh, I think the 49ers will will stand pat. I mean, I think it'll be Chase Young again. Uh, with probably the same percentages that we saw. Bosa was really good. Eric Armstead was really good. Um, Hargrave did get the, 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 the good penetration on that fourth down stop, mm-hmm. which was a huge play in the game, yep. really. It was Hargrave down low, uh, Dre Greenlaw coming in up high that really stopped them. I, I wonder whether the, uh, 
the rain, the, the slick surface helped the 49ers in that one, whether the, the Packers just couldn't get the, the proper push off. Uh, Bosa was there in the middle. <laughs> Bosa just slid right out of there. He must have <laughs> slid five yards backwards. Mm-hmm. So he, he really wasn't uh, – Their uh, cleats were not good Saturday. I don't know what's going on. The Packers have better, Packers have better cleats for your, your precious grass, which did look good. But the four nine should grass held up. I mean, it was just yep. it was just wet. You just uh, it was more of an equipment yep. staff yep. issue versus a groundskeeping staff issue, if if that makes sense. <laughs> You're just protecting him. You're protecting your guys. What did you think? Okay, the Shanahan strategy. We've seen it a lot now. He's trying to get the last score of the first half. He's know he's getting the ball to start the second half. So he's kind of going slow, fast, slow, fast, you know, depending on their position, depending on what down it is, ran off a lot of time, ran off a lot of time, and then called timeout at one point. Uh, I don't think he was settling for the field goal. It just was, if it's going to be a field goal, it's going to be at the end, or if it's going to be a touchdown, it's going to be end. It's one or the other. I'm not giving them back the ball. There's some, you know, it's very conservative. I think the way Jordan Love was playing, the way Aaron Jones was running, there was something to it. I usually understand uh, a lot of this. I get that you can be criticized for it. It didn't work, especially when you don't get the field goal. And then when you don't do anything, when you get the ball back, start the third, you can't just be locked in on that. There's other things going on. But I get less aggrieved about it than others because, listen, Green Bay didn't get the ball back and they didn't score. Like an offensive guy who thinks about that for the defense – is loved by the defense. So many Mike Marks could care less. Throw the ball five times, run no clock, punt the ball back. Defense is going to have to stop them. It puts a pressure on them. They don't always love that. Shanahan does think about that. It didn't work. Maybe he should have done it differently. That let the clock run out and then call timeout thing was not great. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not as bothered by that as many others are. Uh, neither am I because we've seen it work so many times um, and it and it didn't work in this occasion, but it probably should have. And um, I don't know whether that kick was low from Jake Moody, whether it was low. just a lucky jump. Uh, the announcers made the point that it's not like the, the Packers got great penetration or had, um, you know, a uh, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner type of guy there. Uh, a basketball player who got really up. Uh, it was just one guy, average size defensive lineman reaching up and getting it, which suggests that the trajectory was was fairly low. Um, but to your point, headed, yeah. headed left, low and headed left. By the way, it was it looked like it was heading left? But go ahead. But yeah, I mean, um, it's it's funny because usually it's the other side of the field that's, uh, or is it that that side of the field where that's the side that's the side that seems tougher? Yeah. You observe more misses um, because yeah. the, the wind was in, entirely different than what it is during a regular afternoon game. Usually it's coming out of the north. Um, the uh, for, for those who don't know, the uh, the end zone where Christian McCaffrey uh, scored the, the game win- winner on Saturday is usually coming uh, from that direction. So in in their face that way, this time it was coming from the opposite direction. It was coming from the south. So I don't know whether that helped the 52-yarder in the in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't think that he could have made it from 58. Remember, they they punted. Instead I, yeah, of I wondered if he was going to do that. I wonder if Shanahan was going to go for it. It, it would have been maybe. close. Yeah. Um, he would have had the, the benefit of the wind at his back. He was uh, – we watched it during pregame. 53 was the, the max that he attempted. 
So it would have been very much pushing his range, but I, I think he's got the leg to do it. Um, that, that would have been a, a very interesting decision had he gone for it. I don't know whether he made it or not, but um, the, the conditions you don't were do it. in his favor. Yeah. You don't do it because you don't want to give him the ball to, but the 42. Uh, of course, they punt it and <laughs> to the 10, and then Jones just immediately goes for 53, so that kind of screws that up. But then the Packers don't get enough yards and then kick the try to kick the field goal and miss, which was a huge play also. That guy did not look good in warm-ups. Barrows trusts my uh, kick, pregame kicking analysis. You, you go by that. I am the Bible on pregame kicking analysis. And I'll tell you, Moody's a better kicker than Carlson. Carlson is a weird-looking kicker. I don't think he's very good. Uh, maybe he'll get better. But if you're going to just look at the two, you go, I'll take Moody every time. Obviously, he missed uh, earlier in the game. But the 52 looked good. And I thought after the 52 looked so good going the same direction, maybe you do – maybe, like, he needed three yards, right? It was an incomplete pass, I think, on third to get him to that spot. Maybe if they get four yards and it turns into a 54-yarder – might be a different situation. Maybe you do try for it. Um, oh, whatever. They won the game. Um, I was going to, one of the questions I was going to ask Shanahan, I should have, should have been better at it was like, you know, he don't say this. Do you, do you even say this to your guys? But do you think this, you won with their C game, you won a playoff game with a C level game. Is that good for coaching? Is that good for motivation? Do you talk about it? Like, you know, we're due to play better or do you not want to think about it? Like, what's the kind of mentality yeah. when you kind of play a stinker? Like, they don't normally win stinkers in the Shanahan era, right? They either play great or they play not so great and they lose. What's the kind of, is there a momentum out of that or a coaching point out of that? Uh, that you can gain from playing an unusual game for the 49ers. That was my question. I'll ask you to get to Matt Barrows instead of Kyle Shannon. You'll give me a better answer than freaking Kyle will. And I didn't get talked over either. So how, how do you view that mentality coming off this kind of weird game? I, I mean, um, if, if there's ever a wake-up call that, you know, uh, things aren't right and things need to change, this this game was it. But – I mean, if you weren't able to have that wake up before the Packers game, I don't know if it's something that you can just sort of conjure up. You know, to me, the question is whether by the end of the Packers game, they had kind of worked through their malaise, whatever you want to call it, their their rhythm issues, whether that, that fourth quarter drive sort of got them on track. Um, and so they, they end up getting their rest. They end up getting their win. And in that win, they end up getting on track for the Lions. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is. I mean, I think it's going to be the, the the big question going into this week. But it did seem that by the end of the game, they were more themselves than they were at the beginning of the game. I mean, the, the Packers, um, you know, it, it was a little surprising at, after the game to kind of look at the stats and you're expecting to see, oh, Jordan Love, he must have – you know, thrown for 300 and, you know, passer rating and, you know, in the, in the low 100 teens, he threw for 192 and had two picks and had a very um, average to below average passer rating. Uh, so there were some good things that they were doing against them, uh, especially in the second half. And so it's, you, you started to see it tilt. It wasn't dramatic. Um, it wasn't something where you said, okay, the 49ers are back. The 49ers look like they did. And, you know, coming out of the bye back in November, um, this team is running on all cylinders. They started to kind of point in that direction, but it's still a question mark going into 
into Detroit. I mean, how do you feel about that uh, sort of the question about um, how how you can use that Green Bay performance to, you know, be better against Detroit? I think the quarterback might have a good chip on his shoulder. I, I You know, we don't see him kind of spark up. We don't not spark. I mean, like get edgy. He's very even keel when he talks to us, even in the locker room. That's what all his teammates say, even on the sideline, even been going into the huddle for the last drive but i think he sees stuff he hears stuff he knows what the discourse has been all season he knows what's happening now um now whether it rains again or not you know right now there's not a high percentage of it but i think what i'm writing is very clear that he has trouble i mean you can't even argue it i think all sides even if you're you hate him or you love him he has issues throwing the ball in the rain this is a true thing he kind of admitted it he put the glove on to start took it off they're just wiping his hands on the drop back. These are all impossible to deny. Uh, then seemed to get a pretty steady grip of it at the final drive. I don't know how that happens. I don't know whether there was equipment decision or what, or he just put his head down and said, I'm not going to let it bug me anymore. It clearly seemed to bug him. But if it doesn't rain, which does seem like the likeliest scenario, it's going to be dry. Um, I don't think the 49ers are, are, are in a bad spot when the quarterback feels a little chippy. The quarterback feels like I got something more to prove. What's has been his whole career? What's has been his whole career? I'm supposed to be not good enough. You don't think I'm good enough. I'm too small. My arm's not strong enough. I'm not going to be, you know, the first pick. I'm not going to be the second pick. I'm not going to be the 50th pick. And I think there's going to be some of that. I sense that he is um, he is revved up by this. I sensed a little bit after the game. Didn't really write about it, but I'm just some some of the little things I'm hearing. Not that he's responding to it, just that he knows he has to play better. He knows that there are a lot of people waiting for him to fail, and he's succeeded despite all that. And this is going to be a, yet another moment. Jeez, I'm just writing my column right now, Barrows. I can't write another pretty column, but um, I think that is not going to be a problem for the four ers for their quarterback to be oh yeah okay let's go here um doesn't mean i think they're going to win a super bowl doesn't mean i think he's going to be super bowl mvp or throw four touchdowns and no interceptions in the next two games i just think this is part of who they are maybe that game that grimy the way that fred warner always talks about win that grimy game which they really have not done uh in the shanahan era uh, either they as i said either they play well or they lose um play stinky they don't win and they did i think all that there is going to be a mentality of yeah this is kind of who we are we're not always the team the front runners we're not that team we're a team that can dig out the stuff and we pride ourselves on it look at the people right george kittle not really a front running personality fred warner not a front running personality christian mccaffrey not a front running personality like i think they they will meet this they will like this they will kind of absorb this emotion uh, and it might help them a lot. And I wish I had asked that question to Kyle. I didn't get it out, but uh, that's a lot of what I don't know that he would answer like that, but I think some of that would have been implied. Well, you know, he's got to talk every day this week, so you're, you're going to have uh, yep. a few more <laughs> opportunities to ask your questions. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that, and this was very brief after the game, Purdy's remark about the glove, I thought that was telltale that he had the glove on, he didn't like it, he took it off. That just kind of denotes insecurity. Like he was uncomfortable, yeah. didn't didn't know quite how to, to, to do it. 
Um, you know, should they have uh, worked with, uh, you know, a wet football more during the week? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I'm always stunned when I ask that question and, and people sort of kind of slough it off. It's like, no, we don't, Shanahan, Shan, Shanahan sloughs it off. He sloughs it off. He's, like, yeah, Shanahan yeah. sloughs it off. And then, but your, your quarterback can't throw in the rain. <laughs> that would be something that I might work on when there's rain, a hundred percent rain in the forecast. Um, but, uh, you know, getting back to my point, the fact that he that he Purdy was able to slough it off on that last drive, I think was was colossal. Um, <laughs> he, he made a decision that uh, okay, this has been bugging me all day, uh, but uh, I'm not going to let it bother me on this crucial drive. And thought it was really uh, uh, you know interesting that Trent Williams looked everybody in the eye in the huddle and said, "This is it, and we're, we're probably not going to get." the ball back um this is this is our season right here if you guys want to look at each other in this in this huddle at any other point this season we've got to get it done now and i wonder whether brock purdy is one of the people that really kind of took that to heart and, and that sort of focused him like he wasn't focused uh, uh to that point in the game but uh it was an impressive drive should have been seven of seven the only incompletion came on a george kittle drop and uh, like I said, that that throw to the sideline to Conley, that was uh, that was a sweet throw. That's what got them into the red zone. And then from there, it was a, a few plays. Now, I think Purdy running the ball also probably helped. Um, sometimes, you know, you're, you're having an insecure day. You just get uh, you just get pummeled a little bit um, and it sort of snaps you out of whatever um, you were dealing with. And um, he did that. He did that well. No huge gains for him, but a couple of sneaks, a run to the sideline, a run at the end there uh, deep in the red zone. I think all that helps get a quarterback out of his own head and into a rhythm. I thought that run inside the red zone, uh, which came on second and 10, I think as McCaffrey got stopped, and they can't throw an incompletion there, go third and 10. Like that would, would have been a problem. They need a touchdown. And he feels some pressure. Maybe he took off a little early, but I don't know that anybody was open downfield. He was still kind of looking. And to get that eight yards, diving, like if he slides, he gets six yards. He dives, he gets eight yards. Um, it was, was gigantic. He gets to the six. And then, guess, next play, touchdown, 49ers, Christian McCaffrey. I just thought like that was the heady quarterback that he's been through most of the season. The you know number rated you know most efficient passer in the league, um, not getting jostled and scared and nervous. Just like okay, I got to make this play. Maybe there were some moments where he wasn't feeling confident in that. You know, certainly his feet kind of tapping around there, tapping the football didn't look like he felt like cutting it loose. And that series, he did. And there is something to be said. The funny thing is, and I always say that oh, they don't come back. They don't come back. Yeah, but it is a point. You should make a point that when they play play this well, you don't have to come back. You kind of want the guy who gets you in the position where you don't have to get back. That's good. It's not bad. Uh, that you, you, These are rare, and they experience it differently. And at this point, they got to it, and they played well at the end. They did not play well in any way, shape, or form until that moment, but they played well enough in that moment. You know, listen, they do that against the Ravens. They're losing by 20. They do that, you know, maybe against the Lions. We'll see. They're probably going to be losing by 10. But it was Packers. They absorbed it. They made the defensive plays at the end. And I do think they feel good about that. I do feel like it's an edginess 
that maybe they you know they wouldn't have had if they if they win this game going away like we all thought they would. I thought they're going to win by 17. They don't. They barely win. Um, but I think they come out of it with a real like you know again chippiness might be the wrong word, but in some sense like okay we got something we have to show. It's not like us defending something. We got to go get it because we didn't do it in that in the last game. That's how I would feel about their approach might be. So that's what I sense. Like they weren't beating their chest after that game. <laughs> they were like, okay, we got it out. Well, now you just got to play your best football the rest of the way. It, it, it does give them a little bit of a chip uh, for sure. I mean, Purdy has, has gotten a lot of criticism this week to the point where his receivers are now – uh, feeling compelled to defend him on social media and whatnot. Um, whereas, you know, they, they went into that game as heavy, heavy favorites. They're sort of the uh, the all-star team. Everybody thinks that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but this gives them um, something to prove. And and they're usually in that role, sort of the the hunter and not the hunted. Uh, so it, it does change the dynamic a little bit. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I think that one of the be- best things that the, the 49ers have going for them is that it's supposed to be 72 degrees and uh, partly sunny on Sunday. Uh, that could always change. God knows yep. that the uh, the forecast uh, <laughs> might have changed uh, 6,000 times uh, in, in the run-up to, to Sunday to the point, uh, to Saturday's game, to the point where the 49ers, I mean, I want to say two hours before kickoff, thought that it was just going to rain a little bit um, during the game. And it, I think that really surprised them. It rained a lot more than anybody was, um, prepared for. Um, so they're just not going to have that variable in this game. And they certainly won't if they happen to win this game and play in two weeks in a dome in Las Vegas. Were you the one telling me it wasn't going to rain? I think you were saying that, ah, it's not going to rain. It's not going to rain. I was like, Uh, No, I I thought, I mean, the the forecast said it was, but their their, um, kind of inside forecasters thought it wasn't going to rain. Way to go, guys. Way to go, forecasters. You you, you, got to do better next time. All right, we will uh, will end it with that. We've gone long enough. I don't think there's going to be another show this week. My pro, I I have to travel. I will be back for the game, but I I will be gone for a few days at the end of the week. Uh, just bug bug barrels get him to do extra extra stuff i will not be doing this is our only show for the week you want to throw out a prediction or anything or do you want to save that for columns and writing and those sort of things yeah i haven't really thought about it i mean i think the the 49ers are going to win this game um but um you know um the whole rhythm uh question i think is a is a is a big one it's a good one because the 49ers did not think that they were going to be out of rhythm for this game against the packers They thought that they had taken care of everything during the bye week. They thought that they had planned it out perfectly to sort of kind of get that rest, but also stay sharp. And they were wrong. So, um, you know, uh, the question is, once you lose it, how long does it take you to get it back? Uh, So I think that's a, a very big one going into this game against the Lions. Maybe they got it back in the fourth quarter. Maybe they didn't. All right, guys. Thank you so much. That's our show for today. Say goodbye, Barrows. Bye, Barrows. Barrows won't say goodbye. I said, I said, <laughs> I said bye, Barrows. Bye.